What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 141 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan. His name is Dave Hogue. What's up? Hey, it's good to be here. I feel like that's your default response, Dave. Give me something more. Is that is that my default? It's it's good to be here. With you. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Okay. Well, I'm not. Believe it or not. Why? I don't know. I'm just in a bad mood today. Well, gee, that's information I could have used ten minutes ago. <laughs> but see, when I'm when I'm with you, I'm not in a bad mood. Ah. Being being here with the master class and being with you, and I'm a good mood. But yeah, I was. I just was not in a good mood today. All right. Well, you're here, folks. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk. I was going to make a joke, <laughs> but the moment has passed. <laughs> Still getting so that out sad. of my system, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to call in so that we can change that. Yeah, please. Although, so I have eight tracks on this thing that I can fill with listener uh, feedback wow. and call-ins, and I'm trying to go in order of like which ones are gonna like. What's the last one to go? You know. Uh huh. Now, what would be really cool is if we had more than eight listener call-ins on one show. I'd have to figure that out. <laughs> Like, I've got this stupid rock song I'm not going to play. It's just like the default road, whatever. There's the laugh track. There's the applause. There's the sad trump just heard. There's the rim shot. There's the spooky Twilight zone one. There's the crickets or the dying birds. Like we said last episode, we're not quite <laughs> sure. Then there's the harp. Which I don't know why, but I hear "Let's make a deal" every time see, you do what, that. <laughs> whenever I hear that, I think, "Oh, that's the sound my wife hears every time I walk in the room." <laughs> Maybe it's wishful thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm trying to figure out what is like what's the what's the cheesy sound that I'm gonna you know hold on to the longest. Probably the rim shot. Yes. Maybe the sad bone. I don't know. Hmm. All of this to say, I have real estate for sale. For a very, very, very cheap price. And then it costs you no money. It just costs you a few seconds to call in and say, Hey, my name is this. I'm from here. Here's what I have to say in response to what you said about this. Or, hi, my name is this. I'm from here. Here's a really fun intro to the show. Ta-ta for now. Boom. Done. Click the link in the show notes. It says call us. It also has the phone number listed next to it. You want to save us in your speed dial. Just spam our voicemail. Please don't do that. But, you know, you can. It's the internet. It's a free world. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I read. Or so, somewhere. <laughs> Anyways. Trying to think if there's anything else interesting. I'm stalling for time here, Dave. This is a, an old, an old uh, radio trick. Got 10 seconds till the next ad. Got to stall for time. <laughs> so, you know, I was actually on my high school radio station. And we did the whole record player when we played the songs. And I actually learned how to back the track up backwards and like have it set ready to go so that 
when you released it, the music started exactly where you wanted it to start. And it wasn't like all, it would actually be up to speed. And how did you know where to stop it? It's not like there's little it, track markers. Long no, you have here. to, li- you have to listen to it. You have to listen to it and you have to back it up and back, back, you, back it up. And you literally hold the out, al- you, you hold the record until you're done talking and then you let it go. Yeah, it's 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 an art form. It's probably been lost. DJ Dave Hogue in the house. <laughs> no, it wasn't good enough to DJ, but well, I'm trying to think what you would have been playing. Maybe some uh, Steely Dan. Oh no, I'm not that old. Some uh, <laughs> uh, Jethro Tull. No, I'm not that old. I think Jethro Tull is even older than Steely Dan. I'm just going for obscure rock bands. <laughs> Striper. Mm, I probably never played Striper, but you're getting close. Yeah. The soundtrack to Cats. <laughs> no. Jumbo Wumba. No, that was my time. Anyways. My wife was pregnant with our first daughter when that song came out. The Jumbo Wumba song? Jumbo Wumba song, yes. That was my. That was, this is going to be the answer to no trivia question ever, but that was the first non-Christian CD I ever had. (laughs) I get knocked down. Oh gosh. What a waste of a $15, whatever it was my parents spent for Christmas gifts. You know what my first non-Christian cassette tape was? The Cranberries. Love me, love me. No, is that the cranberries? No, that's not no, the cranberries, is it? No, no, David, no. <laughs> boo. I don't even have a You don't have boo. I don't have you a sad trombone. I already used it. No, uh that was saying that song. The cardigans. That was the cardigans. The cardigans, yes. Well, the cranberries were uh from Ireland and they sang zombie. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a lead, a female singer in kind of like a grungy rock band. Mm-hmm. She just died, I think, 2018. Oh, no. Yeah. Dolores O'Riordan, I believe was her name. Dolores, I'm not sure. What was, but anyways, that was my, uh, I had like three of their cassette tapes. Okay. I'm impressed you're, you're old enough to have owned cassette tapes. Bro, I used to make mixtapes on the radio <laughs> with like Limp Biscuit and Sugar Ray and all these other <laughs> terrible, terrible, atrocious late 90s, early 2000s bands. This has well, been a completely rem- unwanted trip down Cam's bad musical taste as a teenager <laughs> lane, but carry on. So I remember hitting the record button on my cassette player. Mm-hmm. In 1979, to record Coward of the County by Kenny Rogers. See, now you're, was... you're, I'm way out of my depth here. <laughs> so, yeah, 1979, listening to Casey Kasem in American Top 40. He was probably still 70 at that point, wasn't he? I feel like he was, not. I feel like he was like 70 <laughs> for like 30 years. I'm Casey Kasem. Wasn't he also Shaggy on Scooby Doo? He was. Yep. Man, what what a what a broad set of talent. Yeah, he was. And um 
Oh, I'm not going to remember the comedian's name, but um, he does a great job of putting those two together as a uh, kind of a mashup in terms of um, Casey Kasem and a long distance dedication. And oh man, I can't even think of who his name is, but Richard Pryor. No, it wasn't Richard Pryor. George Carlin. Somebody, this no, this is somebody that's like in the last ten years. And actually had a TV show for a while. Jerry Seinfeld? No, 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 no. Martin Lawrence? No, no, no. I keep thinking Jim Gaffigan, but it's not Jim Gaffigan. Like, we're, that's more the, the era that we're talking about. Jim Gaffigan's still around. Yeah, so this, the, he's still around, too, and I can't think of who it is. Uh, no. <laughs> I filtered. I'm so proud of myself. All right. Well, um... This has been an interesting opening. It is. This is what we call banter. This is the, the preamble. Yes. That, that no one comes here for. So, uh, shall we move on to the main event, sir? Absolutely. Would you like me to read? Uh, yeah, what are we reading? So, we are going to take a look at the new living translation. Instead of our what? normal, yes, at your request. Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of the, a dictator that way, aren't I? <laughs> instead of the ESV, and so the New Living Translation, um, it was actually a good translation. Um, I think oftentimes when it comes to difficult verses, uh, difficult pieces of scripture, uh, it doesn't hurt to refer to other. Uh, translations that may help. And so tonight, as we read Romans 10, verses 5 through 13, uh, we're going to take a look at the New Living Translation because it's a little bit easier to digest and uh, dissect than maybe the ESV. So, all right, ready? Fire away, sir. Fire away. Okay. Romans 10, verse 5, New Living Translation. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, who will go down to the place of, of the dead? to bring Christ back to life. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is about the very mess. And that message is about the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jews and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, sir. Yes. So this is uh, this is like a happy section of Romans, right? I would agree. This is yeah. good. This is like 
Yay, everyone can be saved. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Calvinist. <laughs> I listened to a, a 30-minute explanation of Calvinism on the Crossway podcast uh, on the way up to Detroit this past weekend. Uh-huh. It was very interesting. I used to think, oh, I can only get, I can only get down with three of these. <laughs> now it's like, oh, I can, I maybe can get down with four. But that fifth one, I don't know. And it has to do with like that whole election business. Mm-hmm. Much like politics, I don't care for it. So Anyways. the limited the limited atonement doesn't bother you. Not when I heard it explained. Like the term limited atonement. Gotcha. Without like that to me, the term limited atonement is not necessarily the best descriptor for what it means. Oh, um, yeah. Whereas uh, the um, predestination well, or no, elect. It's, yeah, it's uh, so T is total depravity, L is limited atonement. Uh, what's U is. Oh, it's you um, is the one I have trouble with. It is. It's about the election, right? God only died for the elect, not for everybody. Or Jesus mm-hmm. only died for those he predestined to be, to choose him. And that's the one that I have an issue with, I believe. Mm-hmm. I could be confusing them. That was like a week ago. And a lot's happened since then. So we'll come back so, to that. So you is, uncon- is unconditional election. So yeah. So total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Yeah, totally cool with I and P and T, right? Mm-hmm. There's a joke there, and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and then the limited atonement, once I heard that explained, uh, I was like, okay, I can see how you get there. Um, not not saying, you know, I'm getting that tattooed on my body anytime soon, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, the un... What was it? Unconditional election? Right. Yeah, that's the one that, that I struggled with. <laughs> but anyways, it was an interesting podcast, a good 30-minute overview, with a guy named Kevin DeYoung, who's a professor... Uh, on the East Coast at seminary that I can't remember. Um, but anyways, that was totally off topic. Um, so again, Paul here is saying, hey, Moses, we're, we're talking about the law, right? We've talked about this a bunch. I don't think we need to rehash it. So Paul here is saying, you know, Moses, the law, we've discussed all that. We don't necessarily need to rehash that. Uh, Faith says... Uh, this. The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. And here's, here's the crux of what I wanted to talk about. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps maybe my, my Calvinism comment wasn't as off subject as perhaps I had originally thought it was because one of the things that gets brought up on that podcast is 
And again, I'm paraphrasing here because I was in the car, so I wasn't about to write it down. <laughs> uh, there are only two possible players in the decision of if you get saved or not. You or God. Yes. And the Calvinistic approach is that God makes the decision. And the Arminian view is that we make the decision. Huh. Which I had never thought of it that way before. No, I hadn't thought of it that way either. Because I was always like, well, duh, we make the decision, right? But, and this is where the unconditional election part comes in, is God decides Mm -hmm. if you're saved or not. And we get to a verse like this, and a few down at the bottom, where it says, if you, meaning us, not God, openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So at first glance, it seems like it's saying, hey, if you do these things, you're going to be saved. Meaning, if you make the choice to openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you make the choice to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, your salvation is, you know, is, is accomplished. Right. And my guess is that the Calvinists would respond, we are only able to openly declare these things because God has chosen us to be part of the elect, which at this point in my brain becomes a whole chicken and egg thing, uh, yeah. which is why yeah. I don't like arguing about it because, okay, great, whatever. We both love Jesus, you know? Right. But Well, and I, you know, the, the, there's an element of me of, you know, there's some people that, this is maybe easy for them to kind of arrive at, like kind of sort of like, I see God working, I see him in creation, it's easy for me to acknowledge that he is who he says he is, and maybe there's some people that it takes an extra little bit of God kind of intervening in their life to see who he is, who, to, to, for them to see, for them to see who he is. So I just... I, I guess I kind of land on this place of, you know, God and, and Jesus and what we have of his, you know, what he did when he was here, God doesn't seem to do things the same way every time. You know, he's, a God, he's God. He can do things however he wants to do. And I find it very interesting that we want to say you've got to land on one or the other and not be okay with the fact that you know, some people may come to him this way and some people may come to him the other way. And, um, it, it, it may not be so cut and dry as it's always one way or the other. But Dave, someone has to be right and someone has to be wrong. <laughs> well, God needs to be right. We don't need to be right. Ooh. And he can do what he wants to do. <laughs> I need more like a golf clap one. That would be better. That would be good. You know, because I, I think back, like, one of the concrete things for me in, in terms of that is just how, you know, Jesus, I think, it heals at least three people of their, their sight. And I can't tell you what those verses are off the top of my head. But he, it seems like even in his, like, how he did his miracles and healing people of their sight, like, it was different every time. Well, sometimes I feel like he just likes to show off. Yeah, interesting stuff. I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know, Dave. It's my, nope. it's my fault, which is rather no, it, annoying and frustrating. It, it is, but I, I, I'm becoming more and more, the older I get, the more comfortable I am with the I don't know. That's what my mom said, and that does not give me great hope. <laughs> well, there's just this, I, I, you know, I, I feel like everybody wants, like you said, they want to have the, they want to be on the right side and they want to give the right answer. And, um, particularly in 21st century American Christianity, I think there's this element of, we feel like we need to be right. We need to have the, you know, have the right belief. And, uh, I'm okay with just sort of landing in this place of like, God is a big God that I can't completely understand. I can't totally understand. I can't put him in a box. And I'm okay with just saying, I don't know, because I don't know. And it would be a lie for me to say anything other than that. Yeah. So. Well, I wouldn't want you to lie on the internet, Dave. No one does that. <laughs> no, they don't. So. If we move to the next verse. Verse 10 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And these two verses, 9 and 10, strike me as very straightforward, very clear, and rather simple to do. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you have to climb Everest without oxygen and then swim to the bottom of the ocean to prove that you believe in God, right? (laughs) Yeah, or for that matter, you know, the five pillars. There's not like a to-do list. Oh, you mean of of Islam? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you said five, and I was thinking Calvinism again, but (laughs) that's different. No, and it's... And here's, here's the thing, is you say it's simple... But as I have had conversations with people who do not believe that there is a God, let alone a God who sent his son to die for our sins, just the concept of a God, period, there is, it is not easy for them to acknowledge that. Well, I mean simple, not easy. Simple as in not complex. It, it, yes, and I would say that that is... so. I guess in my response, I was not trying to negate what you said. It was more just like an affirming of like, I have seen this element of, yeah, that is a simple thing to do. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. But if, but if that's not true of who you are, like, like people just don't do it. You know, like I've kind of heard the whole, um, you know, there's no atheists in foxholes. There's kind of that, you know, concept of, you know, in wartime and when you're in your foxhole, everybody believes in God. Um, I feel like I experience people on a fairly regular basis who I would describe that are in crisis or in that place where you would think they would turn to God. And it, it's really not apparent in their life. I don't, I, I don't see it happening. And so... um. One, it makes me sad because I, I, I do desire to people for people to know God, to know Jesus, to know their Savior, to, to be in heaven. 
Um, but at the same time, it's this very concrete reality for me of just that, you know, it's just not that simple for people to say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I believe that he came and he died for my sins. Um, there seems to be this very real sort of, um, that needs to be true for somebody uh, in order for them to say that. And again, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just, um, I have certainly experienced that people don't quickly say that just to make sure they've covered all their bases or that they're going to the right place versus the wrong place. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I guess I was, I was just caught by the, you know, again, I come back to the simplicity, like for the, for those of us that those, those yeah. things aren't hurdles, like right. how many times in your, you know, church experience that, you know, you've got to, you've got to pray the prayer, whatever that is. You've got to <laughs> go to Bible study. You've got to go to catechism. You've got to go through confirmation. You've got to, do service projects. You've got to, you know, this, you've got to memorize this, like those things in theory, none of them are bad. Right. Right. Like catechism, catechism is getting trained in the knowledge of scripture and memorizing it and learning it. And right. But my friends growing up in Catholic church called it kitty prison because it it (laughs) was, they hated it. Right. Yeah. And, the, the idea of like first communion, but like going to Bible study is a good thing and doing service projects is a good thing and getting baptized is a good thing and, and all this stuff. But like we, we like bolt on all of these other things based on our, you know, denominational tradition of what we need to do in order to be saved. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Say yeah. this, Don't say that. Do this, you know, don't smoke or chew or go with girls that do, right? Like right. you've got all of these things that get bolted on, you know, and you read passages like this, verses nine and ten, and you're like, Well, this can't be right. This is this is way too simple. Mm-hmm. Where's where are the hoops that I have to jump through? Where, you know? Yes. And so in my personal walk with God, I that absolutely resonates with me of, you know, I think about my day and my walk with him and, oh, this was a good day because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. And (laughs) this was a good day because I did do these things. And I, if, if I take a step back, I look at scripture, I even throw in a little bit of logic. Um, there's an element of that doesn't even make sense. Like I am truly saved by grace. I am truly uh, dependent on him, but yet day in day out, I personally evaluate my walk with him on what I did do or what I didn't do and not whether I um, just sort of abided in him, received his grace, allowed him to be God, and just, you know, again, the simplicity of it. So yeah, so that does resonate with me in terms of, I want to make it about works. I want to make it about whether I did the right thing or the wrong thing. And So, yeah. And, 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 you know, the other word that comes to my mind is relationship. 
you know, we make it about a list of do's and don'ts. And, you know, if I treated my wife that way, if I treated my kids that way, if I treated my friends that way, it wouldn't fly. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It, it really is about spending time with them and being present with them and engaging with them. And, um, you know, kind of had that moment myself of just, you know, in terms of lack of a quiet time or spending time with God, it was not about, I've done the wrong thing. It's, I haven't desired to be with God. I haven't desired to be in a relationship with him. And so, um, yeah. Mm, what do you think it means to openly declare your faith? Not, not to put do's and don'ts on this, just curious what you think that means to you. You know, I, uh, I would have to say that openly declaring your faith is that you're pretty consistent in when asked or when the moment comes, you're willing to defend Jesus. You're willing to say, I believe that he died on the, on the cross for my sins. I believe there is a God. I believe that there's a creator. Um, you know, obviously Peter, Peter failed, you know, he, he failed in that when it came to the moment of people saying you were with him, you know him and him denying Jesus and then Jesus making it right with him. But, um, for me, declaring your faith is not all about just standing on the corner. It's not all about sharing with the four spiritual laws with a complete stranger. But it's in those moments where you know, I need to point this person towards God. I need to point this person towards Jesus. I need to declare who he is to me that we step into those moments and we're willing to do that. Um, so I don't know if that's the right answer or not. But again, this is one of those things that over time for me, I used to have a different perspective on it. And I'm much more comfortable with the, um, I don't have to beat people over the head with it, but when I know the moment is there and I have an opportunity to share who Jesus is to me, I need to take it. Yeah. I, uh, my thought process on this was, uh, more like 10,000 foot view. Mm -hmm. And it, what, what came to my mind is if, if someone can, think about me or uh, look at me and like what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. the thought that comes to their mind is that's someone who loves God. Then I have mm -hmm. openly declared my faith, right? Whether that's through what I do, what I say, a combination, you know, how I treat people like the, the details yes. I'm less concerned about, but it's yes. more of a, if someone, if, if you say, Hey, What's that cam guy about? He seems kind of weird. The person can say, yeah, he's kind of weird, but you know what? He loves God. Like now, obviously who knows how often that conversation happens, right? But like the, the idea is when someone thinks of you, they, if they don't know God, they think, well, you're kind of different. Or if they do know God, they go, wow, that's someone that loves God. That's, you know, like we come back to Dallas or Willard all the time, you know, in the show and uh, especially that um, 
Living in Christ's Presence audiobook with um, yeah. Ortberg. When you hear yeah. Dallas talking, you think, you immediately think that is somebody who knows God and who right. loves him. And it's yep. clear as day. And it, to me, it is so helpful to have a fully human, fully not divine person to look to, you know, and say, he's not perfect. He was a sinner. Like he had issues, right? But, oh yeah. But yet by the, the time his life ended, it was obvious to anybody with a beating heart that there was something significantly different about him, and that was his love for God. And that's not to, to diminish Jesus' example at all. It's just you can right. have that excuse of you can justify it as, well, he was also fully God. But then you see guys <laughs> like you know Dallas Willard or Mother Teresa or J.I. Packer, or you know maybe it's, maybe it's your grandpa or your grandmother or your, your cousin or your local pastor that no one's heard of, which is awesome. Because it's right. not about fame, right? Yep. It's about God using normal people and working through regular, everyday people in ways that can captivate the hearts of those around them for mm-hmm. you know his glory. And so it's yeah. If that's that's sort of kind of my my viewpoint on, on all of this is like if I believe in my heart which I do means I've been made, yeah. made right with God, which yeah. is like, that's like one of the most understated sentences in the whole Bible, right? <laughs> or it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. Like the, the entire problem of existence is just, Oh yeah, just believe in your, Yep. It's good. Right. Because of what Jesus did and because of the Holy Spirit's power to, to convict and to turn and to, you know, empower people to, to live godly lives. If we believe in our hearts, we've been made right with God, which is just, I mean, just phenomenal, right? And just such a, yes, such a simple phrase for such a monumental paradigm shift. Yes. And then it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You've been made right with God. Now just go show the world that you've been made right with God. And luckily, we have plenty of examples of people that have done. Which gives me hope that I won't be such a putz for my whole life. Yeah, so... I I am... So, I'll put it this way. I guess I I feel like I was given a bit of a gift in that... um, there was an there was an issue that was going around the police department and i was um i played a role in in how the issue was addressed and uh one individual had multiple conversations with multiple other individuals and i was privy to those conversations and um man i i just 
I guess I'm 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 echoing your sentiment and I want this to be pointing towards God and not me, but I was I was very much given a gift of bring privy to some of those conversations and how I was viewed in terms of this issue. And consistently there was this sense of um I don't know, it's even weird to just talk about this because I don't I don't want to puff myself up. I was just given a gift in that I got some insight into how other people viewed me. And when that feedback was given to me, the only way I can describe what was said to me was these people clearly view me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. These people clearly view me as somebody who desires to do what is right and somebody who has a moral compass and tries to hold true to that moral compass. And so um, I guess I'm just, I'm echoing that sentiment of what you just said and that it doesn't happen often. And I recently was given that gift and it was just a real blessing to just sort of go, you know, kind of really be taken back by wow, that is how people view me, and I am incredibly grateful that they view me as somebody who desires to know God and pursue God, whether they can put those words to it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's very cool. So, yeah. The next verse says, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Let's just put more good wow. news. Put more good wow. news on yeah. there. Yeah, this is, this is an entirely, this whole thing is good. Yeah. So, yes. But yeah, what a, what a, just a tangible thing to, to be able to cling to that anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Um, you know, uh, the other thing is, is I think there's, there's maybe a little bit the, the, um, divide here is that, uh, we may be disgraced in this life. But what he's talking about is the eternal significance of not being disgraced. Um, and so sometimes we may think that, oh, this will never happen to me in my life. The bad, you know, bad things won't be said about me. I won't experience those bad things. Um, but that may not be true. Uh, ultimately, we're talking about eternity and um, our true character being revealed. Or maybe not even our character. Our forgiveness in him being revealed. Um, so, yeah. I think it is it is more good 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 news. Then he closes up with this. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives gener- generously to all who call on him. Again, more good news, right? For yeah. everyone who calls yeah. on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, we could talk about Calvinism there, but I don't want to. We've been talking <laughs> for forty minutes. And, you know, it's not like you're a Calvinist and I'm not, or vice versa. It's just interesting, because that's been on my mind lately. Toying with reading Calvin's Institutes, because that's, you know, quick and easy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, like, I think when it all comes down to it, I, I, the, I, I have to believe. I truly have to believe, because I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to throw Calvinism out, out but... I have to believe that there is some purpose to this this existence on this earth that involves our choice, our decision to choose him. 
and just even knowing what I know about um you know that the, 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 there's an element with God of he is God and he desires for people to choose him and to worship him and for there to be this like I didn't make you choose me you chose me well and so to play devil's advocate very quickly and in less than 5 minutes he chose Israel they did not choose him correct I'm sorry say that again he chose the people of Israel they did not choose him he pulled Abraham out of nowhere chose him and said I will make a nation out of you that will be my people because I have chosen you. That literally just came to my mind for the first time in this context. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm just throwing it out there because it just popped yeah, into my head. It, I, I certainly believe that God had uh, his chosen people. Like he desired the Hebrews, the Jewish Israel to be his chosen people. I still say within that there was an element of individual um, sort of, I'm going to follow this because I desire to serve the God of the universe and some choices to say, I don't believe there is a God and they didn't. I like I I think scripture is fairly clear that just be because you you have you can you can trace your lineage right. back yeah. means you're saved right 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 so I, so I think I I certainly believe in a chosen people and I still think that that has to that has not completely played out in history um but even within that I guess I'm okay with an individual um deciding to follow God or not follow God even though he may have a chosen group of people and um and then just the gospel and and Paul's letters of a sense of I came first for the Jew and then for the Gentile and um I don't know maybe I'm con- contradicting myself in our further co- our previous conversation about God playing favorites but no I'm not because I I I still think there's a choice for the individual um and God can also play favorites I, I'm okay with both. <laughs> I'm I'm playing into this pluralistic society that we live into, right? That we live in these days. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far and call it pluralistic. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. You just don't want to be pigeonholed, Dave. You know, I... I, I you're don't, a beautiful it's... parrot. <laughs> I think it's not that I want to be pigeonholed. I don't want God to be pigeonholed. As cheesy as that response may be, <laughs> I, I just, I, and I've said it before in this podcast, we serve a big God. We serve an awesome God. And man, to limit him just seems like foolishness to me. So I'll leave it at that. That's fair. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this edition of the Masterclass. So glad. For everybody that uh, chose to listen. Yes, thank you. Really hope that uh, this conversation was um, thought-provoking and perhaps, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in you on some of this stuff. As 
as he is me and Dave. Um, yep. Said it before, said it again, we are not experts, we just have microphones. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening, and if you want to uh, check out the show notes, you can uh, check them out in the podcast app that you're listening on right now, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash master slash one four one uh in the show notes you'll see contacts to dave's twitter to my instagram to uh our email to our phone number so you can call in and share your thoughts and we can put your wonderful voice on the show and then uh, you'll also have links to stuff we talked about and there will also be a link to our patreon page which you can check out we have uh, you can sign up to be a patron, I think, for like a dollar a month. Uh, I think you need like one, five, or ten dollars a month if you want to support uh, what we do here with a couple dollars. Uh, that's totally up to you. Shows will always be free, but there are some interesting little bonus things for you should you uh, choose to join the corporation, as they say. Uh, any parting thoughts, sir? You know, I've listened to a few podcasts that do have advertisements. And it has become very annoying to me. <laughs> so every um, podcast I listen to, yeah. So I I used to be jealous of that, and um, because they're making I, moolah. You know what? No, I truly no. I, I not the money aspect, but I I used to believe there was some sort of validation in that, and I'm glad that we're able to do what we do. So. Add free, baby. <laughs> Forever. That was the whole goal with this podcast and the podcast network was never to have ads. Yes. So, anyways, that's a bit of business to end the show. Ha! <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>